With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Monday, October 9th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. That is Bobby Skinner. You know him from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well as Bobby continues his global tour. How was the wedding over in Spain, man? Was it fun? Oh, it was beautiful. They have long weddings, too. Um, good time. You know, it's and it's like it's not just like a wedding and reception. It's like four different parts. So it was it was a good time, but got to enjoy some Sunday football. And now it's Monday and back to the grind from Spain. De España. Right. So were you in uh, locked in on the Giants debacle down there in Miami or were you able to watch everything? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in a hotel room with one laptop on with using the zone, the other laptop uh, clipping up plays. Um, but at the same time, it's it's bad because, hey, the Giants suck. But at least going into if there was one week where I could just be be resigned to them sucking, it was this week where I was like, you know what? They're, they're not going to change my mood for worse or better hmm. at all unless they won, which they were never going to do. Very mature of you. Uh, let's start today's or show. Or depressing. But... <laughs> or depressing. Okay, you're right. But we'll we'll save that for maybe Friday's show. Uh, let's start today's show where Sunday's action ended out by the Bay. Niners just mopped the floor with the Dallas Cowboys. 42-10 to 10 is your final. Was this a bigger step forward for San Francisco or more of a major one back for Dallas? It's tough. Like, these... These this first question to me, I hate to say both, but what I'll say is I'll say it's a major step forward because for the 49ers, because I just have so much on the 49ers that I mean, they're just they are a team full of all pros and they're getting the best versions out of all of those. Right. And I think we've got to stop discounting Brock Purdy. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the great arm strength. He does have some misses here and there, but he does everything else right all the time. All the time, right? And it's not just oh well, you could plug any QB in there. They draft, they traded up, th- you know, three first rounders for a guy, and they said he can't do this. He can't do this, and he's completing seventy two percent of his pass this year. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, averaging over nine yards per attempt. Scored over thirty points in every single game. I mean, you can't, you don't just stumble into that type of production. And like, I think it's time that yes, it's a team full of all pros, but he is making the most out of all those guys too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, how many organizations could survive trading away three first-round picks, not having said quarterback hit, and then moving on from him in less than four years? Teams don't do that. And so the Niners are as well-run an organization as there is in sports. I, I honestly believe that. I think John Lynch has done a fantastic job as an executive. And I've told you this before, that if you are having a draft of NFL coaches, one through 32 right now, Kyle Shanahan is my first pick. And it's pretty simple, and it's not close. Um, I guess you could say it's close. I'm sure Andy Reid is right up there. But for me, that's who I would go with. And Nick Bosa said it best. He said, for our ace pass rushers to be out of this game with more than five minutes left 
tells you exactly what we're all about right now. I mean, it was just an ass kicking from start to finish, oh. right? And this was an anticipated. I, I think both of us thought the 49ers would win this game, but there was still some anticipation, just like, hey, what mm-hmm. can they like the 49ers have beat the Cowboys the last couple of years. It has never been like this, where it was no. just domination. I mean, it, it it's just, it looked like the, the 49ers Giants game a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night football. Um, and I'm sure we will talk about Dallas and, and their shortcomings. But it's just you're getting the best version of Kittle, which you haven't have hasn't always been a guarantee the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously Debo and Ayuk, like, and it's a great match. Like Micah Parsons, game changer. Not when he's playing against Trent Williams. Like Trent Williams is able to handle him. And Kyle Shanahan, like you said, you want to line him up in the A gap? Cool. We're gonna lean on you and run the damn ball. And their backup running back, you know, led them in rushing in this game. And CMC got them a first down or touchdown, like essentially whenever they needed to. Uh, I do want to quickly look at this from the Dallas standpoint. I actually do think it's a bigger step back for them, in part because I think if you were to uh, hook them up to lie detectors and ask the Cowboys, like, where are you going to finish? The answer would be, well, at best, we're going to be the number one wild card. <laughs> like, we're relegated to the five seed, and that's the way it is. I will tell you this. They damn well better make sure they get the five seed. Because that would mean you would play Tampa or New Orleans or whomever ends up winning that NFC South. It, I think Dallas is obviously going to be a playoff team. They've got enough talent to do it. But if they fall to that sixth seed, guess where they're going to have to go? Detroit. Same. No, they're going to have to go to Detroit in the first round. Oh, yeah. For, I, I, I'm still getting used to the new by uh, only one team by week rules. Um, yeah. Like, would you like, okay, that's a good question. Detroit or Dallas? Who are you picking right now? I'm taking. I'm. I think I'm taking Detroit. I think I am too. Like they have the coaching advantage. Uh, Dallas, I think he has overall like better talent, but I I think the Lions would be able to win in that matchup. And Dak, man, now I put a, a good amount on this on McCarthy a little bit. Like they are running a pretty oh. bland offense, and the 49ers can rip it up. But Dak also was horribly inaccurate last night. Um, not seeing where linebackers were. I mean, he was two for eight on throws over 10 yards. And it was basically like Fred Warner, who's a, obviously a beast, was just able to like wreck everything that Dak wanted to do. Like he had the forced fumble. Um, that obviously wasn't on Dak. But like that sack on third and short back in their end, own end zone, it's a very like a mesh concept where it's basically, I mean, we've all like seen the weave in basketball. It's like that. He busts up in the middle of that, run, uh, screws it up, so Dak scrambles because the reason not there, and then sacks him, um, and then have the interception that got bounced, uh, tipped in his hands. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought Dak looked horrible uh, last night in that game. I mean, he was he was just he was just missing. Like even there's completions where it's like that's high, that's low, and he just was off his game from start to finish. Well, it's a coaching mismatch right now. There's no question. But, you know, I actually worked at NFL Network last night with my good buddy, Daniel Jeremiah, and on his Move the Sticks podcast that he does with Bucky Brooks, they asked the question, if you were to have a a draft between the Niners and the Cowboys and all the players are available out of the top 10, how many are Dallas Cowboys that make the list? I mean, Micah would definitely be in that top Mm -hmm. 10. Zach Martin would probably be in the top 10. Maybe, maybe at this point. But from San Fran's side, you have uh, uh, Trent Williams, uh, Bosa, Warner, McCaffrey. I get, I guess. Um, yeah, you guess. Well, I'm, th- I'm trying well to think. Of, like, would, would, or would you rather take Zach Martin or I get? I would take McCaffrey over Zach Martin. 
Bobby, but, don't get don't get your little offensive line world clouded in this. Come on, Zach Martin's a fantastic player. There's nobody who's more versatile in the way that he's using Christian McCaffrey right now. Fair, but that is an All-Pro Hall of Fame guard. I um, yeah, I mean it's it's. I mean they they literally have all pros, and this is when I was doing my prep and then reaction of the Giants game with the 49ers, it's like, man, they have all pros at every single position. Like even like there's besides corner, they have an all pro at every single mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. and on offense. Not only are those guys like all pros in the receiving game, they're pro running game, right? Where like CMC is two way player, even though he hasn't been doing as much receiving wise, he had two drops last night. Um, juice check. Like you saw him run a little slant. He's big part of their pass protection game. Kittle, like his run blocking, um, and even the receivers, like in that 49ers scheme, they are blocking as a huge part of what their job is. So it's just they have like all these guys who contribute in every single down, and they're all pros at it. All right. Uh, San Francisco hasn't lost a regular season game with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. Next week, they are off to Cleveland. Let's move on. Speaking of the AFC North, bigger deal that Baltimore couldn't pull away from Pittsburgh, lost the game, and now hands first place over to the Steelers. Or that Cincinnati's offense finally found a rhythm with a win out in Arizona. Well, Arizona, I'm not. It's they're bad. Um, and I I've mentioned I try to not mention the Giants on this show, but the Giants who are averaging six points per game, and other any team not playing the uh, not named the Cardinals, they're averaging 31 versus the Cardinals. But to me, this Ravens game, I don't know how much you watched of this Rose. I did. This was, I've never seen a meltdown. Like this, where it's just so many self-inflicted wounds. I went through it just drive by drive, watched this game like intently and, and taking down numbers. I just want to go drive by drive. The second drive of the game, they're moving the ball. 12 yards, 14, 11, and touchdown, right? Third third drive, they get the first and goal at the four. They drop two touchdown passes in a row on second and third down, kick a field goal. Third drive, they're moving fairly well to the 50, and then Hill, uh, their running back, fumbles. The fourth drive, they have a third and 18. Lamar converts a 29-yard pass. They have a, and then Jim, uh, John Harbaugh, at, with on the 24-yard line with 20 seconds left, goes for it on fourth down. Even if you convert that, what are the chances you're going to get seven anyways? The sixth drive of the game, Aguilar drops a play that would either have been a touchdown or down to the five-yard line. The seventh drive, you have a block punt for a safety. The eighth drive, Lamar hits uh, Zay Flowers for a deep pass. He's open, and he just stumbles and misses it. And then uh, then Lamar throws the fade on first and goal for the interception, and then the strip sack. That, that I count. They had seven drops. Seven drops yeah. in this game. It was – I've it's one of the most self-inflicted losses I've I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and they had a chance to sweep road games in the division with that win. They've already won at Cincinnati. They've already won at Cleveland. They could have won at Pittsburgh. This division could have been gift-wrapped to them by uh, by yesterday afternoon, and they missed an opportunity. Man, by the way, is there another team in the NFL that has their top four wide receivers that have, were all first-round picks, right? Zay Flowers, Odell, Rashad Bateman. Nelson Aguilar. Now we can go make fun of Nelson Aguilar being the guy who you won't let hold your baby because it's fifty. One of the funniest Philly clips of all time is the guy saying, like mid fire, just caught babies and compares it to like, at least I didn't drop like Nelson Aguilar. Just even like, I I love Eagles fans for moments like that. Yeah. But I really think Baltimore had a chance to put its stamp on this division yesterday and they missed out. And that's why 
you pair it with Cincinnati's performance. I know you have to look at it through an Arizona Cardinals lens, but this is far and away the most healthy Burrow has looked since he suffered the calf injury. He threw the deep ball, right, to Jamar Chase for the long touchdown. He looked back, and that's why this coming's uh, this week's game against Seattle is so huge because they have Seattle at home, and Seattle was no joke against your Giants. They could play. Then they got a bye, and then out of the bye, they've got a couple of tough games coming up. at San Francisco-Buffalo within the first three or four games afterward. You're going to know if Cincinnati can return to the level that it has been the previous two seasons after that first month after the bye. But this was a huge, huge step and shouldn't go unnoticed based on the competition they were playing. Yeah, Seattle to me is like the like okay, how how healthy is Burrow? How far are they back? Because Seattle is has a solid pass rush, not a great pass rush. Where the Cardinals just they cannot rush them. They just don't have good pass rushers at all no. on on that team. And that's obviously been Cincinnati's main issue this year. Um, and they just don't really have the personnel on the back end either. Um, so Seattle will be a good test and an offense that can put up some points on the other side with Geno and, and everything they've got going on. Um, so yeah, but the Ravens, like like you said, they they, sh- they should be four and one at worst, or maybe even five and zero oh if you beat the Colts, right? Like right. I, the Steelers off the Steelers were horrible. Like they were horrible. gosh awful. Like the only time they had any success was a couple of big chunk plays for George Pickens. That's the only thing they got going all day long. And like seven drops, three that would have been added points. The there's just again, I, I've never watching this game. I was just like, I can't wait for the next drive to see what type of self inflicted wounds. Like in my notes, you I just have second drive, this third drive, this a fourth drive, this, and it just continues every single time. And I'm like, it's like they didn't they didn't skip a beat of having bad mistakes on any drive, and particularly with the way that things have played out so far through five weeks in the AFC. If you're at four and one. You have a legit shot at that one seed, that buy, and making maybe Patrick Mahomes play his first playoff road game. Like this, these are all critical things that if I know almost every team in the NFL could say, well, if we had done this and done that, like you can look at what Baltimore has done through five weeks and say they are this close to five and zero. And I don't think you can say that with every other team, but maybe I'm Zay wrong. Zay Flowers performed well. He's still got a little bit of draw issues that happened in Boston College. Do you think Odell's washed? Because I watch him and I just there's no explosion. I think he's got the ability to stop, but he does. There's just no bursts out of his none. cuts like there used to be. None, none. And then he yells at least once a game. He's going to the training room, getting taped up. Something's going on. And I get it, man. I mean, it's not easy to work through two ACL surgeries and then your ankles are going all the time. He's just, you know, he's always going to be that catch against the Dallas Cowboys and catching a slant and running eighty yards, and that should never be forgotten. But for all these people are like, dude, they got Odell. They've got Odell in name. And that's it. So I would yeah, say it's, it, it's closer to the end than anything else. Yeah, is he he just does not look like the same. Nope. He doesn't even look close to the Rams version of himself. So let's talk about something really fun. Mac Jones pulled again. Pat suffer the worst shutout loss ever at home. Is it over for Bill Belichick and Mac Jones up there? Well, you just repeated the same headline as last week, which was the worst. Uh, I like, can't believe it happened twice for them. Uh, it's definitely over for Mac. You can't pull a guy twice in two weeks. I, now, Belichick is the one. He did that weird thing with Zappi and him last year. So it 
it has to be over for Mac Jones, at least after this season. But this is where I'm like, I'm fascinated by Bill Belichick, who deserves all the respect in the world. I truly do think he's going to go down as the greatest coach of all time. But everybody ages out a bit. Is it over for Bill? Right? Like, are, like can there be some type of forced resignation? Because Robert Kraft, as much as he loves Bill, isn't also going to be – he's not going to be fine just riding into like, hey, you know what? You got a six. We're happy with what you got. Like, there has to be – we need to go outside the organization and find the next offensive, you know, young mind guru and essentially hand the offense over him. Like, take your hands off of it, Bill. You're still the mastermind you are on defense. Like, what happens next? I know they love – um. What's his name? Gerard Mayo, the DC. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know they've wanted him to be the uh, succession to that, but I don't. Uh, that's my, how does this end with Bill Belichick, who deserves all the respect and kind of, if anyone deserves to have some bad years, it's him. But it's really, really bad right now. Well, I think that's going to be a major topic of discussion in the off season. I think he and Kraft are going to have to sit down and say, okay, how do we see this playing out? Because it has been disastrous, right? I mean, Bill's still their main personnel guy on top of everything else. Look at the team they trotted out there yesterday. Who the hell scares the other team when they're on? And that's, you know, when they're snapping the ball, who's who's scared? Who on the Saints is going, man, we really got to worry about that. Is it Ramondre Stevenson? Really? He's a nice player. He's okay. But on this team, come on. Yeah, I mean. That's that's the biggest issue with me with Bill more so than just like coaching is that he has had the keys to the organization. So how do you take them away from him while also keeping him as well? Because you have like that is the biggest issue. And even before there was injuries and stuff, who's the best player on this offense? Michael and Wainu, but you know their their guard who's been injured. Colt like you know their first round pick last year. Cole Strange has been injured. You know Juju. Like like you said, like you mentioned Ramondre, who's having a really bad year. Uh, like who who is the best player on this offense? And it's probably the worst best player in the NFL. Easily. Easily. There's not one threat. There is not one threat. There's nobody that you're, if you're a Patriots fan, that you're racing to watch play. There's nobody you can get excited about. Go look at their last seven to ten years in the draft. Who's the skill guy that they took where you were like, cannot wait. Can't wait. When they drafted Mac Jones, you were like, okay, so is that like the next Tom Brady? You were intrigued because of the position more than any than the player itself, right? You kind of looked at him. You were like, well, we kind of know what he is. Like, we know his ceiling is pretty low, but his floor is probably pretty high. So we'll we'll run with it, and we'll try it, and we'll hope that Belichick and those guys can put enough talent around him. This is the biggest problem. I actually think that Mac Jones can be a starting quarterback in this league, and maybe I'm nuts here. But if he's somewhere else where they have a stud on the outside, a really good tight end, an above-average offensive line, and a guy with some burst in the backfield, don't you think that he could be a suitable starting quarterback? I think he'd be in the bottom half of the NFL and not worth investing a lot. But, yeah, I think he could be a starter. That's my point. Um, Not great, not ideal, and not a guy you're going to build around. But they have failed him because they knew exactly what he was when they drafted him. Yeah, and they and they they he did have the success the first year with with McDaniel's. But yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, not only is it just bad, like they none of these are draft hits, right? Like their entire Vontae Parker, Juju, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, they're all free agent additions. 
Stevenson is a is a draft pick, but Stevenson is also averaging two point eight yards per carry. That's got to be like worse than the NFL for starting backs right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, and you can clearly tell that Mac Jones and this coaching staff hate each other. Oh. And like, you kind of have to just bench him out of like just that, right? Like, they, no, I don't think you can because what do they really think that Bailey Zappi's the answer? I mean, at the very least, let Mac see more defenses. Let him try. I mean, what is the what is the what is the win if you put in Bailey Zappi? That you kind of get a guy who's you just get a guy and a quarterback who at least has respect for the coaching staff. Okay. Really? I mean, if that's where we are, then we have to take a look at the entire organization right now. I agree, but I'm talking about getting through this season for them right now. Like moving on from Mac is like Mac, you have to make a decision on the fifth year option right uh, after this offseason with Mac. No, that's not happening. Yeah, and they're not gonna like even if they add weapons, they're not turning this thing all the way around. No, um, and get an offensive mind in there. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think you kind of do have to pull Mac though because it, it's just dysfunction, and you don't want it to get like leak throughout. Like, and again, like, how much worse? I told myself I'd retire. The how much worse uh, could it get than this after the Giants' 2021 season? Um, I just what. I mean, they're the 32nd ranked offense in the NFL. They are averaging less than 11 points per game. I, I like, and that, and he's making. It's not like Mac Jones is just like. There's nothing good around him. He's making dumb, dumb, dumb decisions too. Yeah, he's playing with his eyes down. That's the worst thing he can do as a quarterback. I'm going to leave it with this. Even the best thing that could happen to the Patriots is, is that they bottom out this year. They get that number one pick, and Caleb Williams actually wants to play with them. What makes you think? that they could put enough good talent around him to make it so that he's not running for his life and can make them a playoff caliber team quickly. I'm just not so sure. I don't know if I have faith in the organization. And that's why I say, like, how does this end? Because you can't, like, it'd be a really bad look to just fire Bill Belichick after all he's done for that organization, right? Like, I do think there is some guys in the NFL who, even if it's time to move on, deserve the like i'm not gonna be mad at an organization for giving that guy more respect than he may deserve in the moment um but how but how does it change like you said because belichick's the gm are they gonna bring in a, a new person to gm and not kind of playing to the way belichick wants him to do it like is belichick gonna go outside and get an offensive coordinator that's not of his uh coaching tree like there's just so many questions that need to like there's so many things that need to change where the easiest way to change it would just to be move on from Belichick, but I don't know if they're ready to do that. What is up, baseball fans that are listening to football today? The playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action. We've teamed up with DraftKings, and they're bringing all new customers an offering that you can take advantage of right now. Right now. New customers who bet $5 will get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use my promo code Football today. That's only one word. Football today. That's right. New customers who bet just $5 on any wager will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. Stay in on the action and use your $200 in bonus bets on DraftKings parlays. Combine multiple bets together for a shot at an even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have the shot to win cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, we uh, speaking of moving on, we have to do that right now. Are you more worried about the rash of injuries that Colts rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson has suffered so far? Uh, sounds like a sprained AC joint could be looking at four to six weeks on the shelf. Or the enormous number of injuries the Bills' defense has had to deal with. They had a ton of them yesterday, including Matt Milano. I'll say the Bills' defense because that's a player-driven defense over there in Buffalo. And Matt Milano is such – he is so important to everything they do. He's getting guys put in the right place. He know he he essentially always knows like what the offense is running, and he's just always two steps ahead. And he's he's like I've watched some film with some of the people who cover the Bills, man. And he's he is unbelievably important. And they're losing other guys too, right? It's not just Milano. And they lost to Davis White last week. Who are the other guys? Uh they lost Daquan that, Jones yesterday. That that could be a major biceps issue. We're still as of the taping of the show, we're still waiting for it on that. Yeah, but it's with the Bills, it's a Super Bowl expectation, and a big part of that is this defense having all those guys. And right now, they're just – if Milano's out for the year, it it really changes that defense. And, like, we, we were praising Terrell Bernard last week. Guess what? Playing next to Matt Milano makes his life a lot easier. You move him over to that number one spot, it's going to be a lot more difficult And you put a, another guy in there at the, at the two. Missing Milano and then all the other guys, it's – Again, for a team that has Super Bowl expectations, it just makes it really, really hard. The good news for the Bills is they did get their future Hall of Fame pass rusher back, Von Miller. He didn't do – he played less than 20 snaps, didn't get a pressure in their loss against Jacksonville over in London. But the good news is he's here, and he was extremely productive when he was on the field a season ago. He had eight sacks in 11 games. Uh, so that'll help. You know, both starting corners were out yesterday – Shaq Lawson, who at least is a rotational piece on the defensive line, was out. Greg Rousseau was out. So once they get Rousseau back, you know, they, that's not a long-term injury thing. But, yeah, this is this is painful for a team that has dreams of playing in Las Vegas in February. I do want to say something about Anthony Richardson. He has now been hurt three times in five games, all of them on runs outside the pocket. He is a large, large man. He is just enormous and when he has played he has played well he has played particularly for a guy who had zero experience at Florida he made 13 starts I mean that's nothing so for him to have come in and played this well and opened eyes means a lot I am worried I think this key because you don't want to change the style of a kid like it's part of the reason you drafted him but man after like year seven Cam Newton you're like ugh can't watch another Cam Newton start. And because of the size, those guys, they just physically resemble one another and the style of play. I don't know. Do you tell a kid to kind of calm it down right now? Well, it's not even just him. It's like the way that they are running the offense is through mm-hmm. him using his legs and yes. stuff. Right. And if, like he's taking a hit for every, like for every three times he throws the ball, he's taking a hit, whether it's a sack or, or a, a rush. Um, and like you said, he's just been consistently ban- like a- injured. What is it? This is the third injury, right? It's the third time he's been banged up already. Yes. Yeah. It's where, like you said, you can't just be like, okay, let's, let's remove 
this read option part of the offense and and this QB power part of the offense because that is one why you drafted him and that's how you let him come along as a passer until you know until it's like a little easier for them to do some of the dropback stuff like they did with Cam in Carolina but Cam didn't have like these types of injury issues early on they started mm-hmm. building up as as his career went along um and obviously Richardson put nowhere near the passing profile in college that Cam did um yeah I, I don't know like that's got to be a real dilemma for that coaching staff because you can't just let him continue to get hurt but you they also they're calling this offense in the best way to develop him and make him successful but it's costing him consistent injuries listen he's he's now started four games uh you know he's left early two of the games he had 10 carries each that's just too many I mean, I think I, I think you have to protect him a little bit and dial him back right now. Like Indianapolis has been off to a great, great start, way better than anybody thought through five games. Gardner Minshew will do whatever he has to do over the next month plus, and then when Richardson is ready to return, you got to be smart, man. This is a long-term investment. The kid seems like he's hungry. He's sounds like a gym rat. Like he has elevated the energy in that building protect him a bit please protect him a little bit all right before we get out of here travis Etienne, a huge day for the jags over in london getting the win over the bills 184 scrimmage yards which was awesome he said yeah that was great until i found out that i played against myself in fantasy football are you shocked that etn did not draft himself in his fantasy league it depends. Is is he in a league with other NFL players or just his actual friends outside the football? Because if it's if it's his friends outside the football field, I would be shocked if he did draft himself. Because I would be looking to draft him a round or two early, right, just to make sure I got him, so I could all year just annoy the shit out of him, being like, "Hey, man, like this is <laughs> like this is unacceptable. You need to be better." If you're close enough friends with him to where you can needle him. And if he does well in a game, like send him ten, you know, Venmo him ten bucks. Like, hey man, appreciate the help this week. So, <laughs> if I was in a league with Travis Etienne, I would make sure I would take him a round or two earlier just to do that. That's true. I love it when you can fuck with your friends with fantasy football. It's amazing. Fantasy football is so big in this country, but there are so many rules. Like nobody gives a shit about your fantasy football team, which is so true. So true. Like we we have a ton of people that are watching the games together at NFL Network. And somebody will blur it out, you know, oh, I benched him. And we all look at him like, you know the rules. Don't mention that because nobody cares. So if you want to say it, say it inside your own little brain. Don't say it out loud. Or go walk away and call somebody and you can tell them because none of us give a fuck, to be honest with you. But the ETN deal would be awesome. I would I would hold that over his head so much. And if I won a game because of Travis ETN while playing Travis ETN, that might be the all-time story that you're allowed to share in the fantasy football world. Yeah, and he had his best game when he's playing against himself. So that worked out perfectly. I wonder how often that does happen, mm-hmm. though, and, like, they check it. And, like, I remember I told myself I'm not going to reference the Giants too much on this show, but remember the Larry Donnell free touchdown game where he's like, I had Larry myself. On, he had himself, but he had himself on, on the, the bench. bench. Right. On that uh, Thursday that. night football game versus Washington, very funny. Very funny. Um, so I, I wonder how much, how often that happens. Great question. That'd be a good piece to run somewhere. That'd be good. 
All right, listen, travel safely. Get home from uh, from Spain, back to Florida, and we'll be back at this, getting you all set for week six in the NFL, and I'm sure breaking down the Chiefs and the Broncos from Thursday Night Football. So we will return on Friday. For our awesome producer, Mikey, and Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today.